Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Hey, 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 hey. What? Welcome, welcome to another edition for the first time in 2015 of the one and only great OLAD radio right here on NSR via talk shoot. I'm so proud to be back. It's been a long, long, long time since I've uh, had a show. And uh, matter of fact, the last time I did a show was way back in November uh, when I had the great Malik Murder on my show talking about Uptown's finest and Uptown uh, 24-7. So I'm so proud to be back on the program representing the one and only Olad Deli Ngozi Enterprises. Tonight, I have someone that I admire very, very much. Uh, not only is this lady a personal friend of mine, first and foremost, before anything, she is my chaplain of the one and only Beverly Nation. Um, she is our second presiding chaplain, uh, and she holds that right very, very, very well. Also, not to say it least, but definitely is very, very important. She is the pastor of Living for Christ Ministries here. Uh, at, well, we're out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania tonight, but in the city of Philadelphia, that's where she resides, and that's where she does uh, her parish. I'm so honored to have the Right Reverend Toy Daly on tonight, chaplain of the one and only Beverly Nation, and pastor of Living for Christ Ministries. Ms. Daly, how are you tonight? I am blessed and highly favored, and I'm just ecstatic to be able to come on the air with you on NSR and just share and prayerfully be a blessing. You already have been a blessing. Um, uh, you're, you're a great family woman, great mother, great sister, great grandmother, and great daughter. Um, you, have, you hold yourself in high regard to the gospel of Jesus Christ, which you believe and preach on a, on a daily basis. Uh, also, you're a woman of high regard in your neighborhood. You're, 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 you're doing great, great things uh, in the city of Philadelphia. First, Tell me the things you're doing right now for the children, if you don't mind, before we go into our lovely, lovely uh, interview tonight. Okay. Well, first, praise God, everyone. Um, as Brother O said, I'm Pastor Toy Daly of Living for Christ Ministry and the resident of the city of Brotherly Love, Philadelphia, PA. Um, right now, what God has me doing for young people is I'm actually doing a play street where uh, the city provides lunches and snacks for the children, and we basically rope off the top and the bottom part of the street so that the children can have a safe environment to just be children, to be able to ride their bikes, to be able to, you know, jump rope, uh, play ball. You know, we in today's age of modern technology, children are used to sitting on the house and playing some type of a game. And it's funny because the first day we had the Play Street open, children came outside, but they were all sitting in little clusters just playing some type of phone game, computer game, something. And by, like, day four, it was a beautiful thing to see the children start to get up 
and run and to look at uh, a feather that they found on the ground and they saw a ladybug up close and it crawled on them, you know, things that they don't usually get to do. So I praise God for that. And um, I'm also working with Star of Hope Baptist uh, Church, which is located at 443 North 60th Street in West Philadelphia. And I work with their youth ministry um, with praise, dance, choir, Bible study, and basically, I go wherever I'm called. If you call me and say we need help with young people, with our outreach, with uh, trainings, our membership classes, whatever, God will have us come out to help you as best we can. And that's what I've been doing this summer. When now, how how does your family feel about your walk with with, with God? Because um, you know, a lot of times people don't always agree. You know, sometimes they might mm-hmm. think you're fanatical or you're just too, too, uh, a bit, you know, abound and, and not, you know, surely abased what's going on in the earthly realm. So what mm-hmm. do you think is going on with uh, uh, your family and how they feel about uh, your everyday walk with your, with your almighty God? They have good moments with it and they have bad moments with it. <laughs> Um, all of them are supportive of me being in ministry. Everyone from the time I was a small child has always supported the call of God on my life. However, there are times where the ministry can get in way with family activities. When my children were younger, um, sometimes ministry could get in the way of things that they wanted me to do with them or for them. Now that I'm the proud grandmother of eight grandchildren, um, right. <laughs> I praise God. Be, but that it sometimes gets in their way also. Uh, I might get a call in the middle of the night and I have to get up and go. And it's hard for them to always understand why I have to get up and go, especially when they don't always see financial uh, payment coming in for it, you know, they, you, you don't see a person getting paid when they jump out their bed at 2 in the morning because someone has been shot or someone's being arrested or someone fell ill and is being rushed to the hospital, you, you know, or when you get called up in the middle of the day because someone just needs a shoulder to cry on or a listening ear. And, you know, it, it's rough for them, but I do thank God that I'm able to make the time that I am able to spend with family, just family. Like, there are those times where I just completely ignore my phone and say, okay, God, i got to put this time for my family. So, they, they, you know, they are supportive, but as I said, they do have their rough days with it. I understand. And a lot of times when you have that special walk with God, um, you know, you're always going to be, you know, like, you know, they always said that the, the, that the Christ went back to his hometown of Nazareth and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, he didn't uh, always, uh, he wasn't always recepted, uh, received in the right way, right manner. And he said, you know what, right. even his own friends, his own, his own followers, they said, anything good come out of this, this, uh, this place to be. And uh, he even proved to that, to that man, well, his name was Nathaniel. Well, you know what, if you don't believe yeah. him, well, walk with me and I'll show you. So, you know, all those things, but, you know. And, you, you know, I have lost mm-hmm. friends since walking in the ministry. You, being in ministry comes with a cost and at a price. Um, it, it's not, you know, we, we, get, we hear people on 
on television or on the Internet and they're preaching or they're teaching, and we're at a place where everybody's speaking about prosperity and abundant life. And, you know, you're not really saved unless you're pastoring over a mega church with millions and millions of followers and you have your own jet or your own – God's – I'm not saying that those people are not anointed, but God's not in that foolishness. And I'm not saying that God is not providing a way for those uh, Creflo dollars and all of that crew to get to where they have to go. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that God's not caught up in the glim and glamour, you know, and that's what we've turned the ministry into, glim and glamour. So, you know, yeah, especially with the Creflo dollars and, you know, we're going back mm -hmm. to, uh, Reverend Ike, you know, when he said, yes. you, can't, you can't lose with the stuff I use. You know what I mean? And, and yes. you believe it is a, is a God on high, you should have pie in the sky. So that goes all the way back to the 70s. And you know what, uh, Minister, I would like to ask you, what made mm-hmm. you become or get involved with ministry, period? Oh, <laughs> um, the, I come from a family of people in ministry, Um, no matter which way you look at it. um, My grandfather's side, my grandmother's side, I come from a very spiritual and religious family. Um, And when I was three years old, my my great-grandmother, who was the pastor of a church down south somewhere, um, and I can't remember the name of it, so I'm not going to try to, but we were down south in my grandfather's church, which at that time was Star of Hope, um, was visiting with my grandmother's church where she was the pastor, and uh, service got high and the spirit got high. And once everybody sort of begun to calm down and was getting ready to get settled under the anointing, they looked over in the corner, and it was a three-year-old little girl in the corner by herself just gone, just praising God, shouting. And I don't mean just dancing, not knowing what, you know, they were doing, according to the reports that I was given, just caught up in the true praise. And it was prophesied over my life um, at the age of three that I would be the next female minister in my family, in my bloodline, following behind my great-grandmother. And as, you know, the Bible says, train up a child in the way, excuse me, in the way he should go. And when they're old, they will not depart from it. But it doesn't mean that children won't grow up and get to an age where they want to see what else is out there. They want to see what the world has to offer. And for years, I ran from it. I ran from that calling like it was 50 on my back. (laughs) I I did everything in my power to run from it. And what I found out was the more I ran, the more I kept hitting brick walls that would end up taking me right back there. And it had gotten to the point where the call and the pull was so strong that I could no longer fight it. Wow. And, you know, I want to I say this to all the folk out there at this time. Um, we are out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania tonight. Uh, that's right, Chappie, Pittsburgh. You know, that's where Talk Shoe is. You know, of course, you know, we have mm-hmm. a home on another network in Roslyn, which we'll be on later on. Uh, we we'll, won't promote that to the end of the program. But n- listen, uh, 724-444-7444. Uh, it's a little different here on Talk Show. You have to enter the call ID, which is one three three eight eight eight, 
and you'll be logged in with me and Mrs. Jones. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> me and our chaplain. <laughs> our chaplain and I tonight, the right Reverend Toy Daly. And I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm, I'm honored to have you on our program tonight. And why do you keep your head covered? I mean, most of the, you know, the advertisements that we have, you know, with our sister chaplain, your head is always covered. What's going on with that, chat? You know, I, you know, I want to know. You know, I'm the type of person, you know, that uh, acquiring minds want to know, and I think the rest of uh, Radio Land on this side of town would like to know as well. You know, I, I keep my head covered for spiritual reasons, and it is something that confuses a lot of people because they'll look at me, and because my head is complete, if, you know, if I have it completely covered or if I have it veiled, they'll look at me and they will automatically assume that I'm of the Islamic faith. Um, but I, I keep it covered almost for the same reason that, some of the Muslims do, and if you ever study that faith, it's not because they're women and being, um, they're supposed to be covered or anything. It's really about a spiritual protection. Um, women are just more su- susceptible to spirits. We really are. And I know people are going to get upset with me saying that, but the truth is the truth. There is an order that God put in place, and in order for that to take place, it has to go in that order. When when sin came into the world, Satan didn't tempt Adam. He tempted Eve. Because anything that comes into this world must be birthed through a woman. And even spirits, we are susceptible to them. Now, when we're born, male and female, all of us have what we call a mole. And if you haven't been around any of your elders, and I'm going to say even my elders, because my generation doesn't say it, well, I still do, but a lot of my generation doesn't say it often. They would tell you, people in their 50s, 60s, 70s, you would hear them say, cover that baby's mole. That baby's head is open. Mm-hmm. And what it is is because the baby's mole, the head really is open. The scalp has not completely come back to join together. So there's a small hole at the top of that baby's head that makes it susceptible to a lot of different germs and things. And that's why you always heard them say cover their head. But because that mole is open, it also makes you susceptible to a lot of different spirits to a lot of different spirits. But for men, as they get older, their moles close completely. Straight citrate, you may see the line, but there is not even as much as a crack unless they got into some kind of accident, something happened. There's no crack or anything there. It's closed completely. With women, our moles never close completely. It's slightly open. And because it's slightly open, we are susceptible to a lot of spiritual attacks and what I like to call spiritual uh, infiltrations from outside forces that are trying to attack people in your home. I mean, think about it. If mom wakes up in a bad mood, nine times out of ten, the whole entire house is going to be in a bad mood. When mom wakes up in a good mood, The whole entire house is usually in the good mood. Now, is that because of the power of mom? No, because the children don't have to know that mom's upset, but they feel the energy. They feel the spirit coming off of her. 
and then it jumps okay. on to them. So I basically, I keep my head covered because I go and minister in prisons. I go and minister in hospitals. I go and minister in rehab centers um, and, and uh, hospice programs. I go to uh-huh. all of these places where I could easily become attacked. And then I minister in the streets of Philadelphia. And it's funny because when I first was brought into this enlightenment through studying God's word, and I'm sorry, let me tell you how I got there. I saw a picture of my grandmother and some of my great aunts, and their heads were all covered. And I wanted to know why were their heads covered. And someone said to me, oh, they were getting ready to do a baptism. And you know how y'all are about your heads, and they don't want their hair to get wet, and da 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 and I accepted that. And then later on, I ran across another picture of my grandmother and some of my great aunts and the mothers of the church who were around then. And I said, okay, well, this table looked like it's set for Holy Communion. They said, yeah. I said, but why are all the women's heads covered? And then I got to researching because then I wanted to know, did God really say to us or did Jesus, Yeshua, whichever dialect you choose to call him by, did he really say to us that we could uncover our heads or did the status quo as time went on tell us that we can uncover our heads? And what happens is, in all honesty, the status quo told us. First, they went from keeping them uncovered to just covering them on Sundays when they would go to worship or, you know, there was some Sabbath keepers back then or Saturday or they would cover it for those sacred uh, religious services, Holy Communion, baptism. And then it got to the point where they came out with the famous wig and that modern technology of, you know, I don't have to do my hair. I can throw two braids on, stock and cap in the wig and look like I'm fierce. And women started saying, well, that is my head covering. The wig is covering my mold. And what I realized was it was something man said to do and not something that God said to do. And ever since I had that enlightenment, my head is usually covered. There are the emergencies when sometimes I have to jump up and run out the door. Um, Like, example, the other day I got a call. And it was an emergency situation. It was about, it was on the weekend, but it was about maybe 11.30 in the morning. And the call was such a panic that I grabbed everything I need and ran straight out the door. When I got to the person's house, I went to get out and said, oh, wow, how did I get out the house without my head covered? So before I would go into the house, and the, the young lady, she always jokes with me about having my head covered. I literally called in and said, can you bring me out a scarf? Because wow. I don't okay. know what I'm walking into. Yeah, there you go. In, 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 in that spirit world. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. And we, we're mm-hmm. dealing with, with uh, you know, you, I know the Christians say that we're living in the last and evil days. So I got a mm-hmm. question I'm going to throw at you. What would you do if you were told that you could no longer minister to people? Oh, you might as well kill me. That's what I do. That's who I am. Um, And as I said, there are times when I've gotten into uh, disagreements with my own family because they're like, you need to rush. You need to stop. You need to this. I can't. I don't know anything other than ministering. And it's not just about standing in a pulpit and bringing forth a sermon on a Sabbath or Sunday worship. It's deeper than that. 
You know, every job that God has ever taken me to, I've been somewhere where I was ministering to the people that were around me. I would go in and be like, wow, God, I don't even know why I'm really here. And then all of a sudden, people would just start flooding to me. Um, walking to the store, and it's like, okay, I'm going to the store. I need it. Let me just go in and get it done. And then I'm in there for like an hour because God has sent somebody to me that all of a sudden, and I mean, these are total strangers that will just break down and, hey, hi, I will see eyes, pass eye contact, and I was always taught when you see someone, you speak. It doesn't matter if you know them or not. When your eyes make eye contact with another person, hi, how you doing? Have a good day. So that's what I'm in the habit of saying. And I would say I said hello to someone, and all of a sudden I was in there for an hour. I only went to get milk and bread. I was in this store for an hour. The store wasn't crowded, but that's where God sent me to have this person get to me so that I could minister. So, if, like, if you take ministry from me right after you say you can no longer preach, just go ahead and put me out my misery because I'm going to tell you, as long as God gives me the ability to open my mouth in the use, right. use of my vocal cords, I right. am going to spread God's word. I'm not going right, to debate no God's word with you. I'm not going to argue God's word with you. I'm going to just show you what it says. And it's for you to believe it, to receive it, to reject it. Like it, love it, lump it, leave it makes me no difference. Because once I've done what God told me to do, my hands are clear of your blood. All right, man. I'm going to ask you a so, question. This is a show. Mm-hmm. This shows that you have done uh, uh, Reverend, that have been very controversial. Um, oh, yeah. And, of course, I know because I produced it. <laughs> okay? Let's be real. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? I talk to you. It's me. It's me, the one and only. But is there a doctrinal debate, all right, that goes along right now amongst so-called Christians? Because, you know, I know you have that difference between Christians and believers. On mm-hmm. what day you should worship? Should it be Sunday, Saturday, or Thursday, or Monday night? Um, what do you believe, correct? And why? There is, first, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there is a, doc, a doctrinal debate that goes on amongst believers on what is the proper day to worship, what is the proper day to set aside time to be with the Lord. Um, You have what we call the Sabbath keepers or Seventh-day Adventists, and they believe that the day of worship is actually on Saturday, the last day of the week. And they say that it's on Saturday based in uh, the book of Genesis where you read the creation of the world, and it says on the seventh day, God rested and he sanctified and hallowed the seventh day. And on that day, we were to do no uh, servitude work, but were to focus our time, our attention, our energy on just being one with our creator. Um, that, that, so you have those people that believe that it's Saturday. Then you have those people that believe that it's Sunday. Oh, because Jesus Christ rose on Sunday morning, we know that it is Sunday, and you have to worship on Sunday, and if you don't, 
um, so yes, that that is a doctrinal, a doctrinal. I'm sorry, debate that goes on quite often. My purpose, um, my, my personal, I should say, belief is basically what God's word said. God's word said, "Remember the seventh day to keep it holy." Now, if you go into your calendar, the seventh day. If you count like the 7th, the 14th, the 21st, the 28th, if you count those days every seven days, sometimes the seventh day falls on a Wednesday. Sometimes right. the seventh day does fall on a Saturday. Sometimes it falls on a Sunday. Sometimes it'll fall on a Monday. What God's word actually said was, remember the Sabbath. And he said the Sabbath was the seventh day not Saturday. So for all of those who scream and holler about, oh, it's, it, it's Saturday, and that's the Sabbath. It's Sabbath is Saturday. Well, truthfully, no, the Sabbath is every seventh day. And the reason we got to the point of the Sabbath being worshipped on a Saturday is because during one of the captivities of the original Israelite people in the, during, uh, when they were captured by Babylon, they adopted the Babylonian calendar because they had gotten lazy. Okay. They had been introduced to a bunch of different idol gods and a bunch of different idol ways, and they had gotten lazy. It's easier for me to just say this is the last day of the week because, look, they even named it for us than it is for us to sit and count every seven days. So that's how that came into play with worship being just the last day of man's calendar week. Now, for those um, who believe that we should worship on Sunday morning, well, to be real honest, that does go against what God's law says. And I know that people are going to go, oh, well, you know, in the Old Testament, it says that they came together on a Sunday. Yeah, they came together some Sundays because some Sundays was the seventh day or the travel time from when they were getting from point A to point B. Some people go, well, you know the scripture where they said that they're to collect up an offering when they came together on Sunday. That wasn't because they was coming together necessarily for worship. They were coming together for a business meeting to handle business, and he said, before I get to you for the worship, handle the business. You know, it's funny you said so, that because, you know, you, you, go, you go into a whole lot of different denominations. You have your apostolics. You have your Pentecostals, you have your Methodists, mm -hmm. you have your Baptists, um, you have your African Methodist Episcopal. What, what do you say to all these denominations, uh, Reverend? If I don't care what denomination you follow. If you really and truly are a true believer, I say praise the Lord, my brothers and my sisters. But if you are one of those people that are sitting there using your word of God and your doctrine to beat up on people who are already spiritually wounded, spiritually near death, or trying to uh, uh, heal and rejuvenate themselves from what they have gone through, and you're sitting, oh, you're going to hell because you didn't pray to marry the, the virgin, and or you're doing this because you didn't do... God, God's word. Well, you see, well, wait, you want to know well, what see, I believe. Well, wait, you see, wait, wait, wait. You see, I didn't bring up Catholics because you know uh, a certain young lady had to be censored by the Catholic Church and was put into purgatory. Uh, so, all right, before we go there, 
Let's and talk you know about what? You know what? Wait, I, I, I want to bring that up for a second because I do. And although I had said something and, and don't uh, forget on now, the you, internet, you, 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 I remember that you're on my NSR. You're on my NSR. I know. You know what you're that and that's what I'm trying to do. I wanted to apologize to uh, the Pope and the Catholic Church as a whole because a few months back I made a statement that I did not mean to offend anyone, but I offended them in the statement that I made. And I'm the type of person that I believe if you can't walk what you teach, then stop teaching it. If you can't walk what you're talking, then stop talking it. And I always tell people, it doesn't matter what your intent behind a statement or action was. What matters is how others perceived it. And they perceived it in the way that they felt offended. And for that, I humbly apologize. Because my personal is, this particular pope, I believe, is one of the better popes that they've had in a while. So I, I really do humbly apologize for offending uh, the Catholic Church as a whole. Fidel Castro now, I'm sorry, said, a lot, that's fine. You know, um, uh, what's well, okay. You know, I love you regardless. Uh, <laughs> even, 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 even though I'm going to tell you something now, a lot of people didn't know that with the comment that was made here on, 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 uh, on talk to and it was heard around the world, uh, you know, I had to censor, um, our uh, chaplain for two weeks uh, because mm-hmm. of that statement. And a lot, a lot of people are like, well, how can you do that? Well, first of all, chaplain is a leader. But if you become a real good leader, you have to, you have to humble yourself before your leadership. And, and I had to humble myself before Blog Talk Radio and, and, and TalkToRadio.com. Right. So, so it all comes into order. The greatest order comes from the Almighty God. And, but I just mm-hmm. want to say from the gate, uh, you know, after it all was said and done, I let people know how much I loved my chaplain as well, and let them know that you know she was. I was well pleased. I said she's my chaplain, and I'm well pleased. And I said that, and I don't care what people say. But Fidel Castro said something way back in 1973. He said the only mm-hmm. time that Cuba would listen to anybody in the world will be when you have a black president and a Latin American pope. And Fidel Castro, wow. that came to pass just right That's in the right. last you know last four years. So. You know, before we go into talking about, you know, I'm, I'm going to go, let's talk about purpose spirit and what is purpose spirit and the concept behind it. Wow, purpose spirit. Purpose spirit is basically an opportunity and a place for people to find their purpose to begin to walk in their purpose, or to show others how to walk in their purpose. It's a place where sometimes it's not about a person, but it's about a situation or a community or something that's going on in the environment. But purpose spirit, it's a place where we come together and we just talk out what it is that's going on to help bring about healing for the nation. Um, the, and the, the concept of purpose spirit, it, it was crazy because, um, as you know, Brother O is our producer, and I, I actually call him Bishop. I have called him Bishop since we first met when we were children. So 
every now and then I still refer to him as Bishop. And we were talking about this after I spent, I think, a year telling him, no, I can't do radio. I, no, God didn't call me for that. I can't do radio for a year. And then finally one day God had put me in a place where mm-hmm. I felt like Thank I God, was ready late. to die. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, and, and you know what? Well, no, yeah, I, no, no, honest, wait, wait, wait. I, well, I don't thank God. I don't thank God for that place. Wait, hold on, guys. He's like, man, that's some ignorant stuff to say. I am ignorant. No, but you know what? I thank God for that place. (laughs) Let me explain something. Sometimes we get into a comfort zone. And the only, and when we get into that comfort zone, we don't want to move. We don't want to leave. Because we're comfortable where we are, and God is calling us to move and to go to different places or to higher heights in him, just in your personal relationship. But we are so comfortable sitting where we are that we don't want to move. So what he does is he will cause, not cause, because God is not a God of confusion, but he will allow things that never bothered you before to start to bother you. He will allow people to start to attack you that have never attacked you before, not because he does not love you, but because you won't listen to the still small voice of him saying, come on, baby, it's time to move now. So you got to get to a place where you finally go, you know what, I'm sick of this, I'm out. And my situation, I had gotten to a place where I was being attacked by so many different people in leadership. And I was basically being attacked because, no, I will not unveil my head because it makes you feel uncomfortable. No, I will not teach young people that Jesus Christ was born on December 25th at the anniversary or the celebration of solstice. No, because that's a lie. Those are the lies and the propagandas that have been fed to us for generations. No, I will not wrap my praise and my love for the Almighty Father up in a pretty box. And then when he opens it, all he sees is a pile of manure because that's what it looks like to him, because we have blended so much idolatry and pagan worship in that which belongs to the Father and the Father alone. Well, you know what, though? I'm going to tell you something right now, uh, Chappie. Uh, first of all, we're out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Uh, 724-444-7444. Please enter the call ID number of 133-888, and you will be live with me, the great OLAD Radio and this wonderful lady, we do have a caller from Southeast Pennsylvania on tonight. Caller, you're on the air right now with OLAD Radio. Hello? You might be on the mute. You're on the line right now with us. Okay, you might just want to listen. We'll give you one more chance. Okay. Hello, you're on the line right now. All right. Okay, you might just want to listen. That's fine. But uh, I'm putting it right back on mute. Or, or they might be muted right now. I might be doing something. So I might go come right. back and do that. But here, here's a question for you. Mm-hmm. It's real good. See, uh, folks, I, I shot uh, our, our chaplain tonight. Anyway, she knows what I'm talking about. Okay. Here's a question for you. And you know this sounds just like the man Olaf. What mm-hmm. does the show Purpose Spirit mean to you? Purpose Spirit, um, as I said before, was my lifeline. Um I had been in a place where I had been under such an attack that 
I was ready to basically walk away. I was sitting under a leadership at that time where, um, one, I would go into the sanctuary and come out feeling worse than the way I did when I walked in. Um, I would be attacked because I would be invited to go out to preach and speak or to teach, and sometimes my leadership would come with me and still support and love. And one particular event I was asked to um, preach at, uh, the leadership had came out, and they asked me a question after the service. They said, well, why don't all of them come to worship with you at our sanctuary? And like I told her, I don't know. (laughs) When people say, when are you preaching? If I have a date, I give them the date. What they do is what they do. Well, you need to bring all of them to us. No. I don't. I can't. That's crazy. You know, and so it had gotten to the point where I was really sitting back going, okay, God, you might as well take me. Because if I'm not going to be able to preach and preach your word truthfully, accurately, and honestly, being led by your spirit and not by the spirit of Jezebel who can make you think somebody saved, anointed, powerful, and all of that, and they're really not. Right, right on. Talk about it. So about it. It, it, it was like, if I can't, then you might as well go ahead and take me now. And I Where's was slowly falling. Mm-hmm. So here's a question for you. I'm going I'm to go back. I'm going I'm to spread this out to the whole world uh, because, you know, I love broadcasting. I love thinking from the hip. I love having questions from the hip. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. What was said to you by your bishop to come on, on home to the bed now? Do you remember that conversation? When I asked you right when it was an opening for you, what did I say to you? Um, wow. You told me not to, not to and, and I know that I'm not going to use the exact wording, but basically you told me not to throw away God's opportunity. And tonight here across the, the, the international world, Talk show is over, or, or goes over 30 countries, uh, Reverend. 30 countries mm-hmm. are listening to us right now, including the United States of America. And it, it's, it's one of the greatest venues I've ever seen, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's good to be back. And I'd like to say, I got to just tell people, I am back, guys. Yes, I want to thank all the good. And I see you over here at Talk Show Land. I get all the wonderful emails because I guess you don't know how I go hard on the other network. But, yes, I'm part of the Associated Press, so I have to watch my mouth over here and, and be, you know, the kind of gentler OLAD radio. But I still want to say thank you to all the people who support not only both sides of Oladelli and Gozi Enterprises, which is BevNet as well as uh, Oladelli and Gozi NSR. And uh, all the folks out there in Roslyn, PA, back home, we'll be back home at 10 o'clock soon. Uh, and I want to thank you guys uh, out there. And I want to thank my people here in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Reverend, that uh, support us. Yes. In the they, are base, they are base city for, for Talk Show. And I'm very, very happy that they, you know, we have that number, and that number is based out of the big, the great, great uh, uh, Three Rivers. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Pittsburgh. Um, here's another question for you, Chad, because I keep them coming. Since we all know as <laughs> we all know as a collective uh, uh, listening audience 
what purpose spirit means to you. But what do you mm-hmm. what, what do you want the people to get from purpose spirit or study for life? What is what is your objective? To give a breath of life, to plant a seed, to plant a seed of hope, to plant a seed of love, to plant the seed of truth. That that's the whole objective behind study for life as well as for purpose spirit. It's not to it's not for my fame, glory, fashion, honor. It's not for me. I do what I do on both of these shows for God, for God to get the glory, for God to get the honor. And for those people listening, the listening audience, I pray God's blessings over them. You know, so many times people are in situations, and you would never know how many times I get this text. I'm so glad you said what you said on the air because I was going through whatever, and I had no one I could go talk to. And I would send out a response, go talk with your spiritual leader. And the response I would always get is, I can't talk to my spiritual leader about this. When did we as spiritual leaders get so high and heavenly that we are of no earthly good? Mm. Jesus didn't come on this earth and go to the temple and the synagogue and hang out with the Sadducees and the Pharisees. He stayed with the tax collectors, the liars, the cheaters, the whoremongers, the sick, the shut-in. That's who he stayed with because he was trying to get us to understand that we had it backwards. It's not about pretending to look like you're holy. It's about living living holiness, not as if you're holy, but living holiness. So don't say, oh, I'm so Holy Ghost-filled and I got so much and God is just in me. And then you see a person on the street that's hungry and you know you could feed them. I ain't even going to give them no money because I haven't seen too many scams. But you know you could feed what? that person. Right. Because as soon, truthfully, as soon as you say, I'm not, mm-hmm. I can't give you no money, but if you're hungry, I'll feed you. If they really scamming, they usually turn your food down. Well, I'm going to ask you a question. You know, you're talking about feeding, you know, and, of course, as, as a reverend and as a pastor, you're talking about uh, feeding a flock. Here's a question mm-hmm. for you. You know, we have some serious situations now with the, uh, the laws of, you know, homosexuality being legal in marriage. Um, you mm-hmm. being a pastor, I'm going to put you on the line right now because that's what I do. You know, just, just because you mm-hmm. work with me over there, it don't mean I'm not going to put you on the line on here because this is what it's all about. But respectfully, to put you on the line. Would you, no here's the first question, don't answer, don't, don't answer it, don't answer it, you know, I'm just going to give you three questions. Would you marry, okay. uh, you know, a homosexual cu- a couple? Two, how could you pastor a church full of homosexuals? And three, would you stay by the doctrine or try to divvy the doctrine to make it plausible, plausible for your parishioners? You can, you can answer one. each one of the three. <laughs> One, <laughs> no, I would never marry a homosexual couple. Two. And why? And why? Why? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. The reason why is because for me to stand and say that what I believe God was to institute 
or a covenant that God created for male and female. Marriage wasn't created about, oh, I met this girl and I like her and I I love her and I love him and I like him and he's just so handsome. Marriage was an institution that was created to bring about the repopulation or the continuing population of the world. And no, I'm not passing judgment, and please don't sit and go, oh, she's against homosexuals. No, I'm not. I'm not against you as a person. I just don't agree with your choice. I'm not against a murderer as a person, but if he went and killed somebody, I don't agree with his choice. So, no, I would not because it goes against what God's word teaches, and it goes against what God's word teaches in all of the Holy Scriptures. So, no, I would not do it. I don't care how legal they make it. I can't do it. Would I have a problem um, right. passing to, over a church? Well, well, well hold on. Hold with, on. So I have to do this. I, I have mm-hmm. to go there uh, because now I'm going to ask you a question, and we'll probably talk after mm-hmm. the show. You are mm-hmm. an agent of the state once they give mm-hmm. you the powers to be by the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Here's a good question. Here's, here's a question for you. Are you prepared to have your ministerial license, your minister's license to preach in this state revoked because you will not marry homosexuals? And that's what happened to most ministers in this country. You're an agent of the state, and you're going against the law. Answer that one there, Chappie. Before I got called... Before I got ordained to preach, I got called. And on the night that I finally said, yes, Lord, I surrender, I'm going to stop running, it was nobody in that room but me and God. That was it. When I got ordained, I stood before a council of eight pastors, and I was questioned, I was examined to see if I showed proof of the call. I had to do trial sermons to see if I show proof of the call. The state can come and take the paper away if that's what they want to do. The state coming to take the paper away would mean, oh, she can no longer perform marriages. Okay, so what? I don't care. Oh, she can no longer commit a body to the ground. Okay, so what? That's all that paper really gives me authority to do. It has nothing to do with the call on my life to preach. Oh, well, you can never step in the church and preach again. So what? There are a billion corners that I can stand on and bring forth God's word. All right. So that... that I got you. So that that right there, uh, you you, you mm-hmm. asked those that that one question because what I wanted to bring that to your attention because I know you're aware, but you know not you know sub aware of what is going on in this country right now. There are there are pastors being uh, churches are being eliminated and, and closed because of mm-hmm. these situations. It's becoming an anarchy. Because really, mm-hmm. on the real tip, I forgot. Maybe you know maybe I bumped my head, but I thought it was church separation of state that. We weren't supposed to cross that bridge. The church is a church, and the state is the state. So once again, we're, we're, we're you know we are hypocritical again. I gotta go. Well, to we, I want we, to we're going to we're going 
I'm sorry, you're going to be hypocritical um, when it comes to the separation of church and state as a country Mm -hmm. because of the role that this country actually plays in end-time revelations or end-time prophecies that's coming. You know, a lot of people go, oh, well, America, we're saved. Nothing about us is mentioned in the Bible. That's really not true. You just don't see you. So... You you know, it, it doesn't surprise me. Am I surprised that they are using people standing on God's word and saying, oh, well, if you don't do what we said, if you don't bow down to Baal, we're going to strip this away from you. Let them take it. Jesus didn't preach in the church. He preached in the street. And if more of us would start pastoring and preaching and teaching like Jesus did, it would be such a better world. We you know, though, I got to, you know, it's funny how we get into a great, great conversation, and we only got 11 minutes to go. I'm going to challenge you <laughs> with the last, two, the last two questions I asked you of, okay. that, of that triad. So try to make yes. it very quickly. I hate to do that to very you because quickly. I have other questions to ask you, and then we got no to problem. get out of there at, 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 gotcha. nine, at 9.30. Well, the second question is, would you, would you pastor a parish of homosexual people? Yes. If God let me dare to pastor them, yes, I would pastor them. Because the word of God tells okay. me to love the sinner and hate the sin. So people, you know, oh, my God, they're homosexuals. They're going to burn in hell. Well, you know what? The word of God says a whole lot of other stuff that you doing while you pointing your finger at them. That's going to have you burning in hell. Mm-hmm. Now, does that mean that I'm not going to preach that homosexuality is wrong? Yes, I'm going to preach that because that's what the word of God said. And, yes, I would preach that in a mm-hmm. sanctuary filled with homosexuals, just like I'm going to preach murder is wrong, just like I'm going to preach fornication is wrong, just like I'm going to preach adultery is wrong, gluttony is wrong, sexual immorality is wrong. All of it is wrong. It's all sin, and it all stinks in the natural in the nostrils of God. So, yeah, I could, without a problem, pass the a sanctuary. But I promise you, by the end of that passing and with prayer and deliverance, things would be changed. All right. Now, here's a question I have to ask. Mm-hmm. What and you know, and this is almost this is almost uh. Uh, oxymoronic with going into this as to what you already explained, but I'm going to say it anyway. What else do you do in ministry? <laughs> I counsel. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I, I counsel. Um, I pray a lot. A lot. Uh, study, research God's word, try to connect the dots, not just for people, but for myself. Um, I, I, I try to feed the homeless. I teach praise dance to young people um, and to uh, adults if they would like, but I, I teach praise dance. I do drama ministry. I do vacation Bible schools. Um, we do food drives at different times of the year. We do book drives uh-huh. at different times of the year. And the most important thing that I do is, again, I pray. I pray, I pray, I pray. Well, you know what, though? It's funny you said that you got to pray. you got to pray just to make it today. And if you don't, then, you know, your faith will wander and, 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 and mm-hmm. flounder and all that. You know, how did you come up for Christ Ministries? Um, I had found a book. A, a spiritual mentor of mine had 
told me about a book, and, and I can't think of the author's name, so please forgive me, but the title of the book was called Pastoring Like Jesus Does. And in reading that book, and at that time, I was actually working more in the field of an apostleship because I was assisting two other churches who were attempting to get started up and established and getting, you know, reaching that goal. And when I found this book, I had read this book in like, I think, two days, maybe two and a half. And I went back out, got copies and said, listen, if y'all really want me to help y'all, you have to use this book. This is going to be our study guide. And because it it didn't talk about condemning the person. Yeah, condemn the sin, but not the person. And it showed you how to do that. And um, basically what I saw happen was time after time after time again, I would watch churches begin to overflow the capacity of their membership. And then one by one, I would see people just leaving and leaving, and leaving, and leaving, and leaving. And I would go find, you know, reach out. What's going on? Why aren't you uh, worshiping anymore? What is it that you're um, doing? What, what's going on? And so, you know, they said they were going to put me out because I had too many tattoos, or, you know, I heard so-and-so talking about me, or the deacon, uh, when his wife walked away, he pinched my butt, and I said I was going to tell, and he said he was going to lie. You there are so many people wounded out in the street. And when I had finally said, okay, God, I surrender not just to ministering but also to pastoring, I said, but, God, you're not calling me to this. And what I mean by this is I know you're not calling me to this set of stones and bricks that are ordered, controlled, and dictated by the politics of the powers to be in certain situations or in certain areas, but that there were a people that are hurting. There's a people that are in the street dying, and no one is willing to go to them and to pick them up and to say, you know what, I'm going to help you make it back to the hospital so you can find healing. And what God had started doing was he started sending these people to me. He started sending these people to me, and he was having um, them come to me and let me know, you know, this is what happened to me. That is what happened to me. And because of this, I will never step into a sanctuary again. And I begun to minister to them, and I begun to see their wounds and see where they were hurting at. And I said, you know what, it's time for us to come to a place where we remember it's enough people shepherding flocks. There's no shepherds out here in the pasture finding the lost sheep and guiding them back to where they can be safe at. So Living for Christ ministry came out of that. How do I help people begin to live again for Christ through their hurt, especially when their hurt was done by so-called believers in Christ? Well, you know, and it's that's funny. where living. Um, yeah, you were, and that's where living Christ ministries came, uh, came mm-hmm. out of. And, uh, not to cut you off, but you know, we, we it, it's getting, the time is drawing nigh. But the last question I have for you, and I uh, always say about the. Uh, uh oh. Uh, Tori? Yes. All right, Tori, you there? You there? Okay, oh, oh, it sounded like you were shouting there. Okay, okay, great job. All right. Uh, <laughs> She's doing a shout there, y'all. Where else she's doing a shout? Okay. I, 
Praise God. Hallelujah. Okay. What, what do you mean <laughs> by the church? <laughs> wow. That's I'm the first time you. I ever ordered. Uh, uh, and goes in a box. She did, she did the huckabuck right here. Okay. And, and it's funny because I, I really wasn't moving, so God let somebody's praise break through. <laughs> you know what? This is the last question of the night, and then I'm going to end up. And, 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 and yeah. please, please, please make this very brief because, you know, what okay. do you mean by church without walls, and why is that significant? Church without walls is basically just that. We are busting through the four walls of the safety of the sanctuary. The significance of it is we're not going to hide in our comfort zone and act like you're not in the street in a battle zone. So we're going to come out into the battle zone with you, and we're going to come out and fight for you. We're going to fight with you. We're going to pray healing over you, and we're going to get you to a place where you can be safe and secure. Because remember, every church is not for everybody. If something was to happen to me today, do not take me to Temple. Don't take me there. Take, find any other hospital. Because that just hospital just ain't for me. They rub me the wrong way. Everything about that hospital rubs me the wrong way. It's the same thing in sanctuaries. Some people will fit in in church A and some people won't. Some people can respond better to church B or D. We will help you find where you need to be for your growth. And then you have some people who go, I'll never go into a sanctuary again until God blesses you with the building and you open the door. Well, that day is coming because, yes, we are looking for a building right now. However, the whole goal is to come outside building walls. Like when God blesses me with the building, no, we will not be every week inside of a building shouting and praising God, talking about how come the rest of the world ain't getting saved. The rest of the world ain't getting saved because you won't come outside the walls of your sanctuary. It's become a club. So church without walls is very significant because it's an opening for everyone and for anyone that is truly seeking a relationship with Jesus Christ and not a membership on a church road. Well, I heard that. And not only that, though, you know, the key word there is outreach. You know, yes. outreach. That means come out from among them, Mount Sinai. I'm sorry. Yes. Okay, sorry. But, yes. but, you know, that's how that works. But but I want to thank our sister, our sister, the right Reverend Toy Daly, of Living for Christ Ministries, her pastorate, as well as her chaplaincy. Sevnat, blogtalkradio.com, and she is also tour host of both Study for Life and Purpose Spirit on the BevNet online radio network of Blog Talk Radio. I own that radio. will be going back to my habitat, back to producing a great show tonight. It will be on blogtalkradio.com via the one and only BevNet. It is called Misunderstandings by our wonderful young lady. Her name is Adrian Allen. That will be on in less than 30 minutes from now, 10 o'clock. Eastern Daylight Time on the one and only Devil Nation at Blog Talk Radio. I am Old Lad Radio. And I want to thank all the folks out there that love good old-fashioned national syndicated radio. What more can I say but good night and good luck. And thank you for all you listening tonight. And Reverend T- uh, Tori Daly, thank you so much for being on the program tonight. I love you. No problem. Thank you for having me. God bless you all, one and all. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino's home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.